When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fever, that's the nothing personal word of the day. It is March 1st, 2024. Fever as in the Indiana fever. We're going to get to Caitlin Clark and her decision to turn pro and the Indiana fever for the WNBA, wasting no more than 36 minutes before starting a new season ticket sale push. But I wanted to start the show whenever I say March 1st. It's my least favorite day of the year. For the last 30 years, March 1st has meant something bad to me. And I wanted to just let you know what's in my head. I'm a little distracted today, a little brain foggy. 30 years ago today, March 1st of 1994, my aunt and uncle passed away in a plane crash. And I had never known anyone to die in a plane crash before. I'd heard of plane crashes before. And they left three incredible boys age 26 24 and 22 i was 26 at the time and my closest friend in the world was my 24 year old cousin named alan who i love and i'm close to to this day but just differently i told him that day i'll i can't forget and it was not that day was not about me but i was asked to tell him that his parents had died in a plane crash for those of you who've never done that my suggestion would be to never be in that position. My hope is that people, 30 years, you know, you think about all the different life activities that happen in those 30 years. The kids who are born without grandparents, the kids who grew up without parents, and so many of us, so many of you have had tragedies where your parents die young or a parent dies young, and there's just no way to make up for it. There's no way to make it right. There's no way to change the experience you have in your life or to somehow replace with a somebody who comes into your life and tries to be there and tries to love you and tries to be a person to help, but it's just not your parent. There's something about parents, no matter what your relationship may be with them, good or bad or indifferent, it's your parent. I just wanna do a quick, I love you to my cousins, Glenn, Allen, and Richard, and I am incredibly, I can't believe it's been 30 years. I think about, your parents every day. That's the thing about me that I wish that I were different and I'm working on this. I really am. I wish that I didn't think just about the bad stuff every day and the good stuff once in a while. I wish I could switch that. So the good stuff would come every day. Like, wouldn't it be cool to think about Josh Beckett tagging Jorge Posada every day? But I think about the tragedies and the bad stuff every day. That must be an occupational hazard of being in this business. But that was, uh, we move on. We never move on. That's the thing, you never move on. The show must go on. March 1st, 2024. Word of the day is fever. Yesterday, Caitlin Clark 
arguably the most famous athlete going right now. Certainly the most famous female athlete. And I could make a pretty cogent argument that she's the most famous athlete right now of anybody. She had to decide whether she was going to go back to Iowa for an unprecedented fifth year. Thank you, COVID. COVID gave everybody an extra year of eligibility. It's totally screwed up some of the younger people because there's no roster spots because these people are playing until they're 42 years old in college. We did a funny segment on that. I think the Miami Hurricanes have a 62-year-old who still has one year of eligibility left. So she could have gone back to Iowa for a fifth year, collected her money. She has endorsement money. She claims she has no NILs, but she does endorsements. And then maybe she'll do NILs. Maybe she won't do NILs. Who knows? But she wrote it on Instagram to her over a million followers, by the way. I've decided to turn pro. Now, when many people decide to turn pro, they're not sure which hat to wear. Caitlin Clark turning pro, she got to decide where she wanted to play. She could have taken Indiana Fever or the field. The field would be going back to Iowa and waiting to see who stunk next year in the WNBA, who got the first pick, because then you have to be in the draft. And the theory is she'd still be the first pick. But instead, she went with Indiana. Midwest girl, I guess. Didn't mind Indiana. Great city. They're having their moment right now. Who's got the fever in Indianapolis? Well, they're about to find out. Because 36 minutes after the Caitlin Clark post, the Indiana Fever started selling their season ticket packages. I would have photoshopped a picture of Caitlin Clark on the flyer that was sent to everyone. Why wouldn't you? No one's buying Indiana Fever tickets without Caitlin Clark. Why would she turn pro? Nothing left to prove in college? Well, I'm not sure that's true. More money to be made in the WNBA? Maybe, but certainly not from a salary standpoint. When I saw these numbers, I knew that being in the WNBA was not very, uh, not a way to get rich. I remember the Rebecca Griner story had to go to Russia because makes no money in the WNBA. But I didn't really focus on the fact that we would pay Brittany Griner. I've said Rebecca the entire time. That is just a mental block I have. Thank you, Coke. Excuse me. Our clubhouse attendants make more than Caitlin Clark is going to make. As a top four pick, she's going to make $76,000 as a rookie. Over a four-year deal that she can get, which is only three-year plus a team option, her total salary for four years is going to be about three hundred and fifty grand. I don't know why Darren Ravel got such crap on social media for saying Caitlin Clark has taken a pay cut by going pro. There is a chance she is. Now, she could get endorsements as a pro, but she could get endorsements in college. What is the upside of turning pro if you're Caitlin Clark? New frontier? I have an idea. Here's the play. If Caitlin Clark is to the WNBA, as Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were to the NBA, then start as soon as you can, because it leads to riches beyond your wildest dreams inside and outside the game. It can lead to ownership of teams. It can lead to ownership of companies. It is a career starter if you are the person who turns around a league. And you can argue with me all you want, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, 
argue Magic Johnson and Larry Bird are the reason. Not Jordan, not James, not Kareem. Johnson and Bird coming into the league at the same time started the NBA on its trajectory to a multi-billion dollar industry and teams with valuations in the billions. Hard stop. Feel free to argue amongst yourselves. Just don't involve me. The WNBA, through all of the money fed to it by the NBA, I don't know if you know this, but the NBA supports the WNBA, for all of the excitement of WNBA and the push, the broadcast push, it is a fledgling league. Asset valuations have not increased as much as other leagues. Revenue is nowhere near. I'm talking, it's not even... It's not even a minor league baseball operation from a numbers standpoint. I'm not talking about why it's not great for the world to have a WNBA. Not discussing that. It is. I'm glad there are female women professional leagues. I'm in. But make no mistake. You don't go there and sign a $2 million contract. There is a cap. It's not like Major League Soccer where they do a cap and then all of a sudden you can get whatever you want because there are exceptions to the cap. Hey, I'm into Miami. We're going to find a way to pay everybody. We'll get in trouble, but we're going to find a way. We may have to trade a few people, let a few people go home, but we'll make it work. WNBA, nope. No holes of loop. So what would make her do this? The only thing I can come up with is, A, she wanted to have certainty where she was going. Indiana Fever with the number one pick, drafting Caitlin Clark. B, I'm holding up two fingers. Two, she wanted to start her next career as a blank, as a pitch woman, as a businesswoman. Because I think, be calm, Coca, if you don't mind. Caitlin Clark will never be more popular than she was this past stretch at Iowa. She transcended all sports, business, all channels, whether they were sports channels or not had Caitlin Clark mania. Can you name for me 10 players in the WNBA? Some of you can. But those who know Caitlin Clark, the number of people who know Caitlin Clark played for Iowa, maybe 3% of you can name 10 players in the WNBA. All of that can change if she is Magic and Larry reincarnated. If not, she's going to disappear into the ether. It's going to be a fascinating follow, this story. I'm rooting for her to be the difference maker. And all of the possibilities are there. Her jerseys are selling on Fanatics at unbelievable numbers. Setting records. Scoring champion. Just she is arguably, assuredly, the number one college player of all time. Can you imagine a world where you go to a women's college basketball game and pay $400 to go see it? It's incredible. It truly is incredible. Well, that's going to happen when the Hawkeyes play the Buckeyes on senior night. You want to go see her in a reg final game in an Iowa jersey? $400. 
I wonder how high the Indiana Fever season ticket base is going to go. Will it be a bigger bump than Zion Williamson for the Pelicans? Than the Spurs with Wemby? It could be. But do you think that the prices to sit courtside for a Spurs game or Pelicans game are even close to the courtside of a WNBA game? Caitlin Clark, good luck. I want you to do it. I really do. I want to see the WNBA become a forced league. I want to see it become a league that matters financially. It just hasn't happened yet. I had to wait to see that Caitlin Clark was going to go pro three days ago in the show. Coca's not giving me credit for it. Why? Because the segment wasn't done. We ran out of time. I wish we had more time. Like, why don't we do a 50-minute show? We stay at 45. I think we should go to 50, Coca. About face. What makes you change your mind? I'd like you to think about that for this next segment. When you take a position on something, what makes you change your mind? Do you have to be told by one person? Is it your significant other, your boss? When your boss tells you something that you disagree with, do you automatically change your mind? Do you purposely not change your mind? What does he know? He's my boss. I hate my boss. What an idiot. When your parents tell you something, your mom or your dad or your sibling, your friends, when you get into a friend argument, when do you decide that you're not going to double down, triple down on a position and you actually turn around and say, you know what? My bad. Think about that for this next story. Jessica, I asked you to listen. I don't know that you've ever listened to nothing personal, but if you are listening, I texted with you and Levitar this morning when I found out that Wendy's has done an about face. And I said I would do a mea culpa on nothing personal. I have no problem doing corrections or being wrong. When you're alone at a microphone for 45 minutes, maybe 50 one day, every day you're going to make mistakes. Like I made a mistake just the other day on, uh, it was yesterday when I said leap year is every presidential election. That's how you should know. Thank you for the myriad people who corrected me that in the year 2100, 2200, and 2300, there won't be a leap year, but there will be a presidential election. Thank you. My bad. Every hundred years, it's not true. But I, but I'm okay making corrections. It happens. You can't do what we do here and get it all right. I had a position that Wendy's, when they announced that in 2025, they were going to use their digital boards in order to institute dynamic pricing. And the social media world went crazy. Everybody on Levitard's show lost their mind except for Stu Gotts. I should have known the minute I was aligned solely with Stu Gotts that I was going to have a problem. But Jessica led the charge that this is absurd. I'll never eat at Wendy's again, Tony may have said. Don't remember who said what. All I know is that the position was, this is surge pricing. Dan took his microphone and said, I love you, Pat. Oh, no, sorry, different microphone. He took his microphone and said, surge pricing for burgers. Outrageous. And I said, it's dynamic pricing, not surge pricing. Dynamic pricing is when prices go up and prices go down. Hey, what about a sale on burgers? Is that dynamic pricing? No, that's a sale on burgers. The CEO of Wendy's, pretty new, Kirk Tanner, he did a call with analysts 
where he said, we're going digital. That will allow us to take advantage and be able to charge more when we can, charge less when we have to. This is a way to get the prices right, Bob. Social media goes crazy, led by maybe what we did on the Levitard show. And just today, not Kirk Tanner, but a spokesperson for Wendy's said, we said these menu boards would give us more flexibility to change the display of featured items. This was misconstrued in some media reports as an intent to raise prices when demand is highest at our restaurants. We have no plans to do that and would not raise prices when our customers are visiting us most. I can't believe it. Digital menu boards, the this, this statement continued, could allow us to change the menu offerings at different times. Oh, you mean like breakfast versus lunch? What do you think we are, idiots? Digital menu boards could allow us to change the menu offerings at different times. Wait for it. And offer discounts to our customers more easily. I am despondent. On principle alone, I will never go to Wendy's again. They backtracked so fast, they could not even catch their breath. If I'm an investor in Wendy's, I'd like to become an activist investor takeover. I want to take over Wendy's and fire them all. You make an announcement that you are going to do something that makes perfect sense. And because of social media and the Levitard show with Jessica, you backtrack about face. And then you double down your about face by saying, oh, we have a brilliant idea. We're going to invest tens of millions of dollars in digital boards for all of our franchises so we can lower the prices to our loyal hamburger eaters. What a bunch of horse hockey. That's what you think they're going to do? This is going to blow over, and I will bet you dollars to Frosties that these digital boards will be used in a dynamic way where prices will go up and prices will go down. But because of social media, they absolutely had to say, oh, my God, we were totally misconstrued. We're only about providing high-quality food at great value. Why? Because social media warriors found the next thing they wanted to attack. Hey, just, just beware, all those in the Levitard universe. We can all, including me, we can all do and say whatever we want. We've got a company of soul and freedom. We could be next. Digital boards for discounts. It's such a joke. Way to go, Wendy's. You are my loser company of the minute. F1 should have hired Samson and Coca and Associates. We're very good at doing investigations. We're very thorough. And we will conclude everything you tell us to conclude. Don't you worry. And we are way cheaper than whoever F1 hired to investigate Christian Horner. For those of you who don't know or care, Christian Horner is the pre team principal of Red Bull. The Grand Prix F1 season starts tomorrow, 10 a.m. in Bahrain. If you ever have a chance to see the tree of life in the desert outside Bahrain, do it. If you're one of the people who put graffiti on that tree, screw you. Coke, I'm a little, 
I'm a little bitter today. Not a great day. You can take that out. I don't want to say that to our fans. Yeah, but if you're a fan who did that in Bahrain, then you deserve that. Christian Horner, principal at Red Bull. F1 hired an investigative, independent investigative firm, not us. We were not consulted. Because Christian Horner was charged or alleged to have been engaged in some nefarious activities. We didn't know what it was exactly, but Toto was happy. The principal of Mercedes. Happy about the investigation. Had wanted the investigation to come to a close as quickly as possible. Horner kept his job during the investigation and kept denying any possible allegation, any wrongdoing. And wouldn't you know it, about a day and a half before we are racing at Bahrain, Samson and Coca's investigation came to a close and Christian Horner was let off the hook. Did nothing wrong. Nothing to see here. You're right, Christian. You nailed it. Off the air, I said to Coca, how conveniently amazing is it that they finished their thorough investigation right before the first race of the season? Phew. What a lucky break. How great is it that Christian Horner, the star of Drive to Survive, how great is it that he is not in trouble? Phew. How great is it that Max Verstappen is the greatest and he's got a chance to defend it and they've got a chance to win the constructors and win the whole package again. And all the distraction has magically disappeared right before the season starts. Oh, thank God. NSF, not so fast. About 24 hours right after Christian Horner was found to be perfectly compliant with all matters of decency. There was the nightmare-inducing document drop. An anonymous whistleblower decided on leap year to email everybody, everybody in the paddock, everybody in the media, the people who broadcast F1, the people who own F1, the principals of the competitors of Red Bull, everybody got an email with leaked documents from the investigation that included lascivious and prurient text messages that may or may not have been from Christian Horner to possibly one of his female staff. The old sexting scandal. Oi. Think that was purposeful timing? You think that it's possible that the wronged in this case or the competition in this case was so upset that Red Bull got swept under the rug that they're treated so differently because it's all in the name of money that they said, we have a better idea. Let's take the whole sport down. Let's take the entire focus away from the race in Bahrain, the start of the series, the recent drop of la this current season of Drive to Survive, which of course covers last season of F1. And let's drop a bunch of bombs. That's an unfortunate expression. Let's drop a bunch of texts and let's get Christian Horner to be uncomfortable. 
Instead, when confronted with this new leak, this huge gargantuan violation of someone's privacy, purposeful, the best Horner could come up with is, I won't comment on anonymous speculation, but to reiterate, I've always denied the allegations. I respected the integrity of the independent investigation. It was neither independent nor an investigation. That's me, not him. And fully cooperated with it every step of the way. Hey, Christian, do you mind just coming to talk to us for 10 minutes? And would you just bring an autographed jersey of Max? Do you mind? Awesome. Thank you. It was a thorough and fair investigation. Very thorough. Hey, what are you wearing today, Christian? Can I, can I by chance get a signed Spice Girl album? That'd be super cool. Conducted by an independent specialist barrister. Not. And it has concluded by dismissing the complaint made. Shocking. Who would have guessed that's how it would have ended? Well, it turns out that the woman who works with Horner, maybe not too happy. Not happy to get pictures texted and other things texted, which may have happened. May not have. There's been a dump, so a lot of people know now. So what does it mean? It means that F1 has a problem. There is no way to get out of this now. Much like Wendy's spokesperson had to say, and believe me, I'm not comparing burgers to sexual harassment at all. Do not engage in any sort of sexual harassment with people who work for you. It's a pretty simple rule. I don't know why people get confused by that. You shouldn't engage in sexual harassment with anyone, but generally to be sexual harassment, it has to be in a work environment from a legal standpoint, mostly. I think a good way to operate is to and I guess it's hard for people, but you sort of, if you're Christian Horner and you know that you are engaged in these sort of activities, if you have to say once it's done, hey, sorry, delete all that. Don't tell anyone we just did that. I'm married. It's because he's married. And it's because she's an employee. Here's a better plan. Don't do it with that person. Don't do sexual harassment with any person. But who among us, people don't sext? Everybody does. Just do it with people who are okay getting it. Here's the problem with F1. They had Zach Brown, the CEO of McLaren. They had Toto Wolf, the principal owner of Mercedes. They're all giving these quotes about how they're not happy with the investigation. It seemed to be not as thorough as it should have been. The statements from Red Bull were not as thorough as they should have been. And that comes before this leak. Is it possible McLaren and Mercedes were behind the leak? Yeah, but I doubt it. More likely came from lawyers. People who felt scorned and wronged. And it worked. Christian Horner has a problem. F1 has a problem. Wait to see. Horner's out at Red Bull. They may find a way to give him a soft landing because of how good he's been for F1 and for the valuation of F1 and for all the money he's made from Drive to Survive and all the money he's made for all these people. 
So they may give him a runway of the final season. And they may not tell you right now that that's what they've done. Wait to see that Christian Horner, this is official, Coca. When I say something's going to happen, if it does, great. If it doesn't, fine. We'll revisit it. Christian Horner is out at Red Bull by start of next season. There is no way to survive when you have been so outgoing about your denial and it took 24 hours after a sham investigation for documents to get out that showed that you did exactly what you said you did not do. Enjoy your last moment, Christian, because it's over. All right, when we come back, we're going to review a 28-episode binge that you asked me to do, and I did. I told you I would get to it. And then we're going to talk about some NFL competition committee stuff. And I get to say one of my favorite words, tushy. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Another great week. It was historic. We had our thousandth episode today. We're up to already a thousand and two. We just keep going. The Energizer Bunny is what Coca is. Could definitely use some help. Coca, 
overworked, underpaid. I think you should hire Boris Coca. So I finished doing Lost 121 episodes and I needed another binge. And I put a poll on Twitter, David P. Sampson. Thank you all for the follows and for the questions and for the buying all the merch you're doing on davidsampsonpodcast.com. Why have we not dropped this? We're so busy. We are such a lean operation. We don't even have time during the course of a week to drop the 4869 shirt. That bothers me. Help. Help, please. Anybody. Is anybody alive out there? I did a poll on Twitter, David P. Sampson. You told me to watch The Leftovers. So I did 28 episodes. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a show to watch that I loved maybe more than Lost. Justin Thoreau, Carrie Coon, Amy Brenneman, Margaret Qualley. It is a show where you must suspend disbelief. The premise of the show is that on a random Tuesday, 2% of the world disappeared. It wasn't a nuclear bomb. It wasn't a crime spree. Poof, they just disappeared. That means you can be sitting at dinner with your child, and then all of a sudden, you look right, you look left, the child's gone. In Carrie Coon's case, it can be your husband and your two children. Scott Glenn plays the father of Justin Thoreau as a father-son team of police chiefs. It is spiritual. It's about love. It's about family. It's about questions. It's about faith. It's about finding out does life go on, both now and after you're dead? One of my, not one of, strike that, 4869, my biggest fear, even at 5'5", five, five, buck 34, my biggest fear is the permanence of death. It's why I'm obsessed with it. I don't like doing anything for longer than, you know, a few minutes. Yeah, that's bad news for many people. I like watching movies, but... You know, it's not an ADD thing. It's, it's, I don't, I don't like permanence and death seems permanent to me. Unless you have a belief that there's a whole world or Coke and I'll still be doing shows. I don't know what Coke will do in the interim period because he's so much younger than I am, but let's just pretend that Coke and I get reunited to start nothing personal again. Once I croak, I can't imagine like being cremated. I love that I'm Jewish and I'll be buried because how else do you escape from the coffin if you're cremated? I just worry about all these things. Yes, I've tried therapy. I actually still talk about these things. But in The Leftovers, you actually get an eye or an inkling of what could happen. What could be possible? Are there people who can go back and forth from dead to alive, back to dead, back to alive? Folks, you nailed it. I can't believe it. it's the same guy who wrote Lost. How's that on a resume? You did Lost and you did The Leftovers. The music in The Leftovers, the acting in The Leftovers, the story, the writing, the way the seasons go. It's a, it's a 10, a 10, and an 8. And Dowd, 
thank you to, to this audience. I don't deserve that. What's next? What have you done for me lately? I'm going to have to do another binge, but I, I can't easily get over the leftovers. And I'm not going to start the other binge till after the Oscars. Maybe. Live from the stained carpet. Get ready. Adnan Burke, Ben Lines, and I are going to be down in Miami in the Metal Arc Studios on Oscar Sunday, which is a week from this Sunday. And we are going to be doing a pregame show starting at 4 p.m. And we're going to be doing live all the way through the telecast. So you can do a split screen. Stay with us live on the Metal Arc YouTube channel. I wonder if we'll put it on the Nothing Personal YouTube channel at the same time, like a simulcast. I don't think we're going to, but we could. We're going to be talking to people. We're going to be making our predictions. We're going to be in tuxedos. And of course, the title in pure Metal Arc fashion, live from the stained carpet. Speaking of stained carpets and tushies, how many of you thought that the tush push was going to disappear? How many of you? It's going to get legislated out because the Eagles are so good at it and everyone else stinks. Competition committee had a meeting. Didn't even come up, which is ridiculous. But Troy Vincent on Pro Football Talk Live, he said, I don't know why people want to ban it. Don't punish a team that strategically does it well. Basically, what he said is the competition committee, there was no momentum to change a rule. Let me explain what a competition committee does because I was on it. I was on Major League Baseball's competition committee. We're looking for any advantage that any particular team has that cannot be used by a overwhelming majority of the other teams. And we're trying to figure out if it's brains, if it's talent, or if they've done something that we can then legislate against in order to level the playing field. We don't want to legislate out intelligence. We never wanted to do that. We don't want to legislate out innovation. We never wanted to do that. We always wanted every team to have an opportunity to successfully and equally implement every single rule. So for example, you wouldn't have a rule that said, if your players take public transportation to the ballpark, then they get a one nothing lead in the first inning as a way to try to help the environment. I think that sounds crazy though. Why is that? Because there's certain ballparks where there is no public transportation available. Are you getting what I'm saying? What team doesn't have a push-tush, a tush-push, a tushy-tushy available to it? None. The fact that Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles do it better? Are they doing anything illegal? Are they false starting every time? Are they doing something in that pile like grabbing a bunch of jock straps of opposing teams' defensive line? Normal, no problem. Are they spitting loogies in their face so they can't figure out which one hurts is? Likely not. Has Sirianni, the coach of the Eagles, found a way to practice the play in a way that it works 95% of the time? I think they tried it 40 times and it worked 37, some number like that. That's it. Being better than your competitors 
is not a crime. Being better by doing something illegally, that's when we're going to stop you. That sound familiar? Steroids. You want to be the best home run hitter? Great. Don't take steroids. So the way Vincent put it is that, hey, don't punish a team that strategically does it well. Here's the problem. It all sounds good. All of this, hey, we don't want to legislate against innovation. We want to reward intelligence and execution. The problem for Troy Vincent and the entire competition committee, and the problem we had on our competition committee, is that we could make a suggestion, but if there were 23 owners who felt wronged by something, they could ignore the competition committee, they could raise their hand, and they could change a rule. That's the same thing in football. If enough owners are angry that only one team is good enough at the tush push, they can demand of football to change and not allow the tush push. Hasn't happened yet, but another season, just one more season of the Eagles so far and away doing something that no one else can figure out how to do, the owners are going to stand up and say, hey, adjust this rule right now. What else did they do? Hey, do you know that there's a chance in the next 10 years there'll be technology where you don't have old, out-of-shape guys running onto the field and then doing major first-down calculations and then putting their fingers on a chain and then putting their fingers together and saying, oh, two inches, and then the center takes the ball, puts it two inches forward before he snaps it, and then they do the tush push and you got a first down. How is it possible that the highest grossing sport in North America uses men in a chain to measure downs? You've heard the argument before, and now the NFL announced yesterday, hey, listen, we've got some optical tracking stuff. We're testing it. Not ready. Tennis has a way to do it. Everyone's got a way. There's a, there's a sideline touchdown camera in those pylons. They can't figure out a way to put sonar over the end zone line so when we don't have to worry about, hey, did he get in? Did the nose of the ball get in? Let's see it from 49 different angles covered by 22 bodies that are all bigger than I am times three. This is the biggest play of all time, assuming it's not overtime in the Super Bowl where you mistakenly took the ball after winning the coin flip. Fourth down and one is a question mark. Fourth and inches. Fourth and a foot. Who the hell knows what it ever is because it is so ridiculous that it's done by human beings where there's error but the NFL is going to vet other technological advances, they said. We're going to keep testing optical tracking. We're not ready to roll it out now. Maybe in 25. Take your time, NFL. I think it's great when those guys dressed up in stirrups and the neon vest have to jog onto the field so we can do a measure, and then Ed Hockley can put his fingers together as though he's telling you, well, whatever. Steroids are not good for your private parts. You should know that. That's the competition committee. Nothing personal pick of the day. We had the Nuggets over the heat last night. We are HOT. We're still under 500 Coca. How many units are we down? We're 28 and 29. We have to be down units, obviously. I hope we're not down too many units. Remember, the units are $10 units. I promised you we'd be up units and over 500 by the end of the year. 
We are 28 and 29, down 1.2 units. Not terrible. That's $12. We're going to make that up. We got the Mavs going tonight. The Mavs are playing the best team in basketball tonight. I hate saying that because I'm such a Nick guy my whole life. But the Boston Celtics are hands down the best team. Jason Tatum, the best player on the best team. Jalen Brown, the most overpaid player on the best team. He's good. Don't get me wrong. The addition of Porzingis. Their coach who had to take over for the last time a coach got fired and for inappropriate relationship with someone in the office. Joe Missoula has found a way to turn the table. We had said, you're too young. You stink. You lost to the heat. You don't know what you're doing. The players don't respect you. Now, he is the wonder kid. Why am I taking the Mavs plus nine and a half versus the Celtics? Because amongst the many Mia Culpas I've done, including the Mia Culpa on Wendy's earlier in this show, where I can't believe they did that about face, but I was wrong. And I'll end up being right because it will end up increasing and decreasing prices over time. But I have to, I told Jessica this morning that I was wrong and I would do Mia Culpa. I have to do a Mia Culpa on Kyrie Irving and his quality of play on the court and the fact that it's not a distraction to the Mavs that I thought it would be. And the fact that he and Luca have ended up being a dynamic duo and maybe the best dynamic duo in basketball. LeBron and Davis, no. Tatum and Brown, no. Brunson and Randall, no. Wemby and Popo, no. SGA and Chet, no. Who would be a better tandem right now than Luka? Ah, Murray and Jokic? Nope. It's Kyrie and Luka. And they're now beginning to play better both at home on the road. And when you're a team that is looking to be what you're not, to get to a place you have not been, you go into Boston and you win that game. So getting nine and a half, I think, is a little strong. Boston, they're going to lose games. They're, I think their record is currently their 69 and 6.9 is their season record, which is damn good. There's letdowns that happen. You try to work yourself up, make a narrative, hey, let's beat the Mavs. They've been hot. But I think the narrative for the Mavs is way stronger. So we're going to take the Mavs plus nine and a half versus the Celtics. Saturday, tomorrow, 10 a.m., Christian Horner, Leads the way, unless he gets canned today. Unless he takes a leave of absence to work on his marriage or go into like sex addict school. That's what people do when they get caught doing stuff. On the assumption that he is in the paddock for Saturday's at 10 a.m. race, we've got the first race in Bahrain, first race of the season. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Max Verstappen will win the first race of the season. Now, Coca is not giving me what the money line is on that. I assume that it is quite significant, although you could have a blown tire, you could have a sort of issue. He's minus 275 to win the race. Oy vey. That's too heavy. Uh, no, it's not. It's smart. It's too heavy. What should we do, Coca? Ah, uh, 
nope, not taking it. I don't want you to risk 2.75 units because what if he has a blowout? What if Toto or Zach say, hey, make sure anyone but Max wins the race. Box him in. Box, box, box. We're just sticking with Mavs plus nine and a half. I think Verstappen is going to win the race, but we're not making it a pick. All right. Where are we? That's it. What a week. Thank you all. I appreciate your loyalty more than you know. Coca, the best producer in the business. We will keep going. Have a safe weekend. We'll be back Monday live at 8 a.m. for another edition of Nothing Personal. In the meantime, it's just business. This is Nothing Personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.